We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 497. Talk about Blow Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. This is for Friday, October 27, 2022. It is casual Friday. It means, as always, I am joined by my good buddy from Cover One, Aaron Quinn. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? The intro is different than the outro, isn't it? Uh, yeah. A little bit. It bumps, it bumps a little bit harder coming in. I like it. It does. It does. I like I it. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of getting... It's been a couple of years, though. I'm, I'm that like way with it. everything, though, Pat. You just asked me, for those watching the video he asked me i switched from where i was yesterday like i'm the same way that's a, it's like fantasy roster i just tinker with stuff all the time yeah, i can't stop me too that's i i always tinker with shit yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm getting it's been a long time man so I'm, I'm kind of in the hunt now for a little bit of a fresh new uh music but yeah i'm the same way i tinker with everything i take it with video i take it with audio shit i take yeah. it with all my fantasy football teams which is why i always start out good and then i never finish strong because can't leave it alone I, yeah i overthink i overmanage all the time uh for sure so we tape this, and again, for people who are just joining us on Friday, Aaron and I tape these on Thursday morning. So it is possible that some kind of big news will break on Thursday, but yet we're not talking about it on casual Friday. The reason being is that we already got this shit in the can by 10, 10.30 a.m. I, I say that because let's start here. and We'll just touch on this briefly. Maybe next week I'll put up some graphics of uh, the renderings, and maybe we'll dive into it a little bit more. But just your... Your quick thought. The Buffalo Bills this morning released uh, just two photos, I believe. Um, stadium renderings. Been a lot of noise. Where are they at? Where are they at? Well, they yep. just dropped two this week. Um, like I said, we'll show some pics. We'll kind of jump in that a little more next week. But what's your initial impressions based on what you've seen? I, I got a feeling you don't have a huge opinion on it, and I, I think we're going to agree. But anyway, your, your first take when you, when you see them. Yeah, so I mean, I used to have a really strong opinions on stadiums and how they're built and all that stuff and where the money comes from. And then just as I've aged and realized that this is sort of the business of the NFL, I've started to care less about the stadium itself and more about, hey, this this team is good and I just want them to stay in Buffalo, New York. And so as long as that works, I don't really care where the money comes from. I don't care whose money it is. I don't care what it looks like. Like just the bills are going to be here long term and they're going to have Josh Allen for the next 10 years. Like those are the only two things that really matter to me. Right. Um, so everything else is cool. It was cool. I'm glad it came across my timeline today. I saw people complaining when the Titans one came out, but let's also keep in mind the Titans have to throw their fan base some chum, right? Like they're bad. Sure. This is a drought era bills move. Like, well, at least we have this thing to look forward to here. And all they really showed was just more angles of the same stuff. The bills just showed really one angle, but my first impression is it looks like almost every architectural uh, mock-up you've ever seen weird sci-fi lighting that you never actually see in real life where the sun just bursts off of this thing. Uh, but it's cool. Um, it looks a lot like the soccer stadium that they said it was going to. I think it also has a very generic, like it feels like the um, Allegiant stadium kind of curves the new look that stadiums have. And so I think you'll see a bunch of these ones that are being built in this current era. And in 20 years, when the stadium's starting to deteriorate, we're going to look back at it and be like, Oh yeah, that error. I don't know if we'll look back and say, wow, that was a really good era of stadium building or like, oh, man, those things look weird. And really to that time period, uh, we'll see. Right now, it just seems to me to be just generic new football stadium that you would like launch on Madden. And, and 
they'll probably have some local feel to it. I did love the bison statues in the rendering. In the front. Weren't there like three it. of them? I think there were like three there of them. There was three of them together. They looked massive, just gigantic. That's cool. I'm sure that will scale down and look different. But uh, if they do stuff like the touches like that, I did like the brick that feels has a Buffalo sort of like factory steel city uh, vibe to it, working class vibe to it. So I think they'll add a bunch of touches like that. That'll make it Buffalo and, you know, play to people's emotions. But outside of that, I think it's just like, Hey, insert generic NFL stadium in your city and keep playing football. Yeah. I, I, look, man, it, I'm with you. It, it's cool. They're, they're going to be Buffalo. It's I, Dude, they could play at Tonawana Stadium out near where you live right now. And yeah. for all I care, I care that the team is uh, staying in Buffalo. I get why. I mean, again, it's only 9.30 a.m. right now on Thursday. And I've already. There's no that. other news right now going right. to this I've been game. on Facebook. I've been on Twitter. And it's getting shared all over the place. And people already got their hot takes. I will say, though, because I don't think we talked about this as a stadium was being proposed. Like whether it would be a roof, you know, retractable, this and that. I think I read that maybe 35% of seats are going to be covered the way the stadium's going to be designed. Uh, or was it 65 or 30? I don't remember. It was either the renderings do not look like a majority of the seats right. will be protected, but I'm not an architect. So maybe how this hangs has more protection than it appears. Did you have a preference on that? Did you have a preference on that going back? Like how much should be? Like I, I think we all knew care. that they weren't going to put a roof over the whole thing, but right. I don't know, man. I look. I like I watching games. I've I told you this. I like watching games on TV. Okay. Yeah. I do. I like to be around either my family, myself, a couple buddies, whatever. I like to watch the games. I like to listen to them. I'm not. This might be unpopular. I'm not a huge fan of going to the game, so it doesn't affect me that much. I don't like right. being cold, right. dude. That's what it comes down yeah. to, Aaron. I don't like going in November and December when it's freezing. But I feel yeah. like if I were, if I were a fan, like if I did have season tickets. I'd want to sit somewhere where the roof was over me if it's snowing or, or raining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you uh, care? I don't care personally, but I'm at the point in my life where, again, I'm also not going to a ton of games. Uh, but I was a season ticket holder for years, and I sat up in the 300s totally exposed. And uh, I will say there was probably some bad weather games when the – stakes didn't matter that i skipped uh and didn't sit through home but i sat through some like bad games that didn't matter too in january and stuff like that and it's not great but there's there is an atmosphere to it it is still football uh i think a lot of teams play outdoors too that is one thing during that conversation of we need to build a dome that's cool my thing was always the bills need to learn to play in the weather, no matter what, if they have a dome or not, because you look sure. at the whole Northeast, that game in Baltimore this year was a sloppy weather game where if they weren't a good weather or a team that could play and were weatherproof in that sense, that would be a game that gets away from you. Like the game in Miami, they faced extreme weather. So that exists anywhere that the stadium is exposed to the elements and Buffalo is another place where they're going to continue to be exposed to the elements. But that's the majority of NFL stadiums are outdoors. Like it still right. is primarily an outdoor game that's played and i don't believe that that should be taken out of football when you look back historically and some of the best of nfl films are games that are played in the elements and that stinks to slow down a josh allen in this offense but that is just part of the unknown variables of football which make it the best sport on earth like it's frustrating you want everyone to play on neutral all the time and get the best of everyone but football isn't like that and baked in in nature uh and that's created some of the best moments in nfl history and i don't want to take that away i don't want to homogenize the game to where it's just all indoors all even everybody's just that would be fun to watch but it would take away a big aspect of what has historically made football great yeah i agree 100 percent. all right so we we get that news on, on thursday morning i know you're not an nhl guy you don't really care much about hockey i know world series is going on you really don't care much about baseball but are we already in the world series yeah, Philly, man. Philly. Philly, Good Philly and Houston. Uh, yeah. I'm not a Phillies fan, but I will be for the next four to seven. Are, is Houston still cheating? Well, I don't, not that I know of. Okay. But, you know, the damage has been done. Not to mention they beat the Yankees pretty embarrassingly, too. It's, that was right. uh, that was embarrassing to be a Yankees fan. I will say that is, uh, even though I'm not a baseball fan anymore, it's still good to see the Yankees catch some strays. <laughs> and Yankees fans, you guys are the worst. Yankees fans are the worst. The, you know what? I'm not gonna argue. With it's you, like man. you guys, Duke fans, Duke basketball fans, Yankees fans, Lakers fans, 
uh, Notre Dame football fans. You guys are all the same people. You know why I'm gonna. You know why I'm gonna agree with you. Why I think Yankee fans can be insufferable. Uh, and I'll give you a specific example, real quick here, man. Uh, so Joe Yardin is a big Yankees fan. He does the show with me on Tuesdays. Yeah, uh, we talked about this on Tuesday. So Aaron Judge, I know you're not following baseball much, but you do know Aaron Judge, and I know you know that he had 62 home runs this year and broke the all-time AL mm-hmm. record. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people will consider that the genuine home run record, you know, mm-hmm. in this era of non-steroid use or whatever. But anyway, here was my point. He he was he did not play well, and I'm putting that mildly in, in the playoffs. He did not perform well. He struggled against Houston. He didn't struggle. He sucked against Houston, just like everyone else did. The offense, nobody could hit. Anyway, here's my point. Dude's going to be a free agent. Fans were booing his ass at Yankee Stadium. Guy's going to be a free agent. He gave you the best regular season history in the history of the franchise. And uh, you're booing him when he could potentially leave. That is almost, I mean, considering what he done for what he's done for the sport and, and the performance he had this year, it would almost be the equivalent, I would say, of having – at a minimum, Stefan Diggs being a free agent and Bills fans booing his ass because he dropped some passes in the yeah. fourth quarter of a loss. Or you might even want to push it and say you did the same thing to Josh Allen when he was going to be a free agent with no franchise tags and these guys could do whatever they want. Right. That's the shit about Yankees fans. I'm like, are, are, we talked about this with Joe. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're booing a guy who had 62 home runs this year, man. You don't, And he's going to be a free agent. You don't do that. I know New York's a different animal, but... Well, no. here's the thing. If, if Philly does that, everybody's crapping on philly fans right like they have that just sort of it's already known about them yeah yeah yeah. i do i think boston philly and uh new york city are all the same as well i think we can group that all in a a pile and they all think they're different but they're all the same and they're all a bunch of jerks yeah well they're not jerks i have a bunch of friends in all those cities but i'm as like sports a lot of them are jerks though (laughs) it's like it's yeah like i'm abrasive on twitter and abrasive in 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 general when it comes to sports because i don't think any of it really matters like i'm not you know, I don't take it personally if you don't like my sports opinions. Uh, but these cities and the fans are just so arrogant in the way they deal with sports and the way they talk to people about it. It's just crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, sorry to say this, but, you know, the Bills might be a Super Bowl away from the fans being a little. Uh, Our fans can be tough. I've seen tough, some. Tough to take. I'm just going to uh, throw that out there on Twitter. You know, some of the things, oh, your guy's punt. Can you relate? You know, yeah. team punts. I'm like, relax, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the bills are yeah. good. I We've got a lot of bottled it. up. I think we get a little bit of a grace period to like, yeah, go little. out and dunk and then talk a little shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my point was this. I you see, generally, you don't really care much about baseball or hockey, but you, you are an NBA guy. And I do like yeah. that because there's not a shitload of NBA fans that are also media people that I have on this podcast and talk to. So, Kind of Although I guarantee you a bunch of Cavs fans are going to come out of the woodworks here. Like your partner? The, yeah. Like your partner, Greg uh, I was. He is a Cavs fan. He's been legitimately a Cavs fan the whole time I've known him. He went to school out in Cleveland. So oh, I'll give him, you're talking about coming out of the woodwork. I'm yeah. saying, yeah, you'll start to see more Cavs on Twitter here coming out again. Sure. So, you're a Bulls you fan. Yeah. I like that. Uh, just like Joe Yard, he's not a Joe's not a Bills fan, although he is this week because he hates the Packers. But right. Aaron is a Chicago Bulls fan. I, I like the DeMar DeRozan is pretty sweet, man. So is Zach Levine. Yeah. They, they they got a nice roster. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a Knicks fan. They're off to a three and one start. Chicago's off to a three and two start. Uh, yeah. I like the Lakers are winless and they look terrible. This is a year to follow the NBA because every once in a while, there's a, a player that is worth tanking for. And I think you're going to see a lot of teams taking that. Uh, Victor Wembenyata, yeah, seven foot four dude. There's teams that are going to straight up tank, and I'm starting to wonder if the Lakers might end up being one of them. Because if LeBron or AD go down for an ex- extended period of time, that might be one of the worst teams in the entire NBA. But, yeah, man, every once in a while you get LeBron or or Shaq or or Patrick Ewing or Tim Duncan. You get these guys who are can't-miss number ones, and you see teams start to, to tank. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. Is he Not that dude? Team, so. Is he that dude? Is he a can't-miss? He is that dude. Number He's a seven one. foot four guy who's with a hand. I've seen him freeze. on like uh, TikTok and Instagram. I follow yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, oh, some years there's, you know, this guy could be a number one. There, there's no uh, question who the number one pick's going to be. I don't know, dude. Those names that you mentioned are in now ancient drafts. I think the NBA draft is a whole different animal than it was up, really up to that LeBron draft, probably. I, I think. The lottery is an absolute crapshoot in the NBA draft. And so yeah, much really. of it matters where you end up, what that situation's like. 
Because, like, look at uh, Przingis, right? Like, he could have been a guy that changed the game. When he came on in New York, like, this looked like this was going to be the modern-type Dirk player that was going to change the game. And the Knicks are a dysfunctional organization, and they broke it and bobbled it. It was like that gif uh, of the infomercial where the guy sits down and he just, like, drops the tray all over him. Like, that is the Knicks. They just cannot get out of their own way. (laughs) And then, like, you know, but players just especially a lot of European players with a lot of uh, hype that come into the NBA. And this has been something that has historically happened while there's been great NBA players. A lot of times they come in and end up being more role players in the NBA. Like they just don't have the ultimate body, the physique, whatever it is to be leaned on in that way to be guys that take over games. And so this scares me that I would not bet my franchise to go all in tanking. I hate that idea. I hate it in all sports. Generally do as well. Yeah. Um, Victor Webinyat is not going to be no role player, though. I'm going to tell you that. No, right no, now. he won't. But I can see him getting bullied around in the NBA. Like, there's not a, it's not a great era of big men and centers. But, like, right. yeah, he's got that height and size and speed. But, like, he's not going to hang with Giannis. He's not going to be that guy that comes in and matches right. Giannis and KD. And I think well, that's what people think. I don't think your squad's got anything to worry about anyway with tanking. And I don't think, I think the Knicks are going to no. be good enough that, you know, the Knicks are going to be I'm a concerned. middling playoff team right around that, that cutoff line. You know, Jalen Bunchen is a good addition. But. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm a little concerned. The bulls are going to be like the bills and be like, just good enough to not make any serious moves and keep things together. And, but not good enough to actually make like a title push. Are you talking about the older Buffalo Bills? You're talking the about- old like drought era, yeah. Oh, like, okay. That just like yeah, stuck yeah. in middling like eight seed, like fighting in that eight seed range, maybe a six seven seed, and it's like maybe if you get a good matchup, you can make a series out of it. But they just don't seem to have. You need legitimately three stars, not three good players. You need really like three guys that can take over games entirely. And how well, they, they certainly have. got two. Vooch just isn't consistent enough. And right. he's a throwback of a big man. That doesn't I work. tried I tried he, when he was he was with Orlando at one point when I moved yeah. to Florida. And when I moved to Florida, I said, All right, man, I'm I'm certainly not gonna root for the Buccaneers and give up on no, the Bills yeah, or right. the Lightning and give up on the Sabres. I said, but I want one Florida team that I'm gonna jump in on and get all in. And I tried Orlando to do Orlando. Stuff. Yeah, that's that's um, like me trying to get into the Sabres. It's not they had in Fournier. I'm like, dude, this team is whack. They're corny. I'm bored to tears watching them. I said, I can't fucking do this, man. Yeah. Vooch, anyway, that was fun. Vooch <laughs> yeah, is a good player. No, yeah, he, right, he, he just okay. doesn't fit the modern NBA. But I agree. I did, will say before you get into your next take. I believe wholeheartedly I hate right now what has happened to the New York Knicks, even though I'm a Bulls fan and I hated the Knicks in the nineties. And like, I hated when they were good in those early two thousands, the world of basketball is better when the Knicks are good, when the Bulls are good, when you have these big markets and their teams are good, everything's better in basketball. I say that about football too. I, I yeah. feel that way about. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. Football's like good about, anyway, though. Football's it is, good. but when you get your Pittsburgh Steelers and your Dallas Cowboys and your yeah. Raiders, you know the teams, the, the, the traditional classic teams, the Bears. When those teams are good, I think the sport is better as well. I don't have a Nick stake. They're all right. I don't. I don't trust them. I don't. I don't like Tom Thibodeau. I don't like who was a Bulls coach at one time. I, I don't. I love Thibodeau. He's a defensive boring. He, he's the kind of guy who gets your team. Your team will stay around 500 forever, and you might maybe win one playoff series. That's your ceiling. Yeah. I know nobody else cares, but I'll say it. That, for me, it was really hard because the Bulls were obviously so dominant when I was a kid in the 90s, and they struggled so much to get to the point where they got Derrick Rose. And once they got Derrick Rose, it was like getting Josh Allen. It really yeah. was. Like, I can't understand while, that sure. enough. He was the best young player in the NBA, and he was about to be on – People were about to talk to him once he after he won that MVP. It was getting up there with LeBron and KD at the time of like who would you want to start a franchise with? Because he was so he was the youngest MVP ever. People couldn't guard this guy. And then he blew out his knee and like everything sort of unraveled from there for this team. And Tibbs, the Tibbs that you guys hate in New York, sort of sprang in where he overplayed Jimmy Butler. He just couldn't get a feel for the rooms, overplaying Noah and rode these guys into the ground, but they were so close to winning a championship right before, in my opinion, Rose hurt his knee that it's hard for me to not look back at that era and say like, Oh, if we could have just kept things together one more year, just let Cause Rose actually ended up healing up and being a pretty good player again. Like if they could have just kept it all together. So I always will love tips no matter how much he fails. I agree. 
Well, I don't agree about that. I, I hate Tibbs. But uh, all right. Yeah. So listen, let's put the NBA yeah, on the sure, side. Yeah, nobody else. Yeah, yeah. we probably lost identity. listeners talking I want about that. No, I want. I want you to. I want your opinion yeah. on an argument. And uh, and I told the guys. So at work, I, I work a second job, and at work, I had two guys literally yelling at each other. Of course, after several beers, but it was a, a Bill Belichick argument, yep. and I'm sure this has been argued many times, but. One guy says Bill Belichick is he's not necessarily saying he's the best coach in NFL history, but he's saying he's an absolutely elite, a great football coach where the other guy, his stance is Bill Belichick is not a great coach. He had the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL for 20 years. His record has been what it's been when Tom Brady's not his quarterback. Where do you fall on this? Is Bill Belichick a truly an all time great coach? Do you buy it? I think there's a I think there's a pretty fair uh it's a pretty fair side you can you could take a side either way and, and I don't think you would entirely be wrong because there is merit to both of them statistically for certainly but what do you think man is he an all-time great coach yes yeah no absolutely yeah. like uh is Phil Jackson in basketball an all-time great coach yeah or are we going to take away from him that he was with Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. Shaq. I, you're right. Like somebody's got to manage that, right? Yeah. Like a head coach is a organizational leader, a leader of men. As much as we hate the Patriots, the Patriot way was real. And I'm not talking about the cheating. Like there's some of that to unravel in this too. But I do think you can't have that type of long-term sustained success without a quarterback. I don't care what your coach is or who the coach is. You can't have that long-term and then two like you also still need other things to fall in place there's been great quarterbacks Dan Marino was a better quarterback than Tom Brady probably maybe not as you know able to pick apart defenses the way Tom Brady was but in terms of talent and he wasn't able to have the long-term success so I think it all works together I don't think you can take one part out and say well if you remove this then he sucks as a coach and his record's low like yeah you would do that to Bill Walsh would look a lot different without Montana and Rice, right? Like, uh, I don't think you can pull that back. Marv Levy looks a lot worse without Jim Kelly. Uh, you can't take that away from a coach. And a lot of those Super Bowls, Bill Belichick's defensive scheme and the players in that defensive scheme are actually what had that Patriots team winning big games a lot of the time, yeah. winning Super Bowls a lot of the time. And you cannot take that away from him. Uh, whether or not he was totally the architect of every part of their success or not, Sure, we can argue those merits, but I think the wins speak for themselves. The long-term success speaks for itself. He's the best coach in my lifetime to ever do, and I think he's on par with some of the greats that I never got to see, and I think probably we have to measure on a curve because football during Lombardi's day, like it was probably easy to be the dominant coach. It's just like, again, in the NBA, I grade those early Celtics teams on a curve. Like I don't count every banner for the Boston Celtics because the NBA back then wasn't super competitive. I think in the most competitive time in NFL history, he's been the most dominant coach in an era that is designed not to have dynasties with the salary cap, right? Yeah. I one, one point that you make that I really like a lot too is it's not just X's and O's. It really is. It's managing egos. It's player personnel management. And that was Marv Levy's. I don't think Marv Levy's strength was ever X's and O's. You know what I mean? They oh, had a good yeah, no, it's keeping the whole like that. building. That those forward. egos, you know, keeping the team unselfish. I mean, they could be selfish individuals, but as a team, it was a very unselfish team. They have sustained success for as long as New England has had. And a lot of people will point, if you want to talk about stats, well, people, some people will say, well, his record's not great without Brady. You could also go and say, well, remember the year where Brady tore his ACL and they still won 11 games with Castle as their quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's just the long-term sustainability. And like you said, a lot of those championship teams, it wasn't Tom Brady throwing for 5,200 yards and 40-something touchdowns, man. It was strong running. It was, it was really sound defense, fundamental and good defense. Outside of Tom Brady, and obviously they brought in Randy Moss at one point, which he played anywhere. Tom Brady and Gronk were probably the only Patriots to really go outside Chandler Jones had success outside but very few Patriots have left in that 20-year period that a lot of guys would get big contracts after a Super Bowl go somewhere else fade out come back to New England right like so within that there is yeah maybe Brady makes players better but not on the defensive side of the ball right like that's coaching and whether or not again it's Belichick he's 
empowering coaches to do the right thing. Like he had the best offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. He's had great coaches that went on to get coaching jobs that didn't succeed outside of him. There's something maybe outside of the cheating. I can't speak to the cheating or not, but there's something he's has done in being the guy that runs an organization that ran a dynasty in an era where it's hard to have a dynasty. The one thing you take that away from him. If I have one criticism of Belichick, it's, his role in the organization drafting, I think, has been less than stellar. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think that has been good, but not that's good. not really coaching. That's more front office. And that shows you what a quarterback can erase. When you have the quarterback, you have a lot more liberty to make those mistakes. Your Phil Jackson comment got me thinking, too. It is unfair to penalize a coach because he has a great quarterback. You know, I like, think so. I think so. Is Sean McDermott over the next three or four years, if the Bills go on to win one or two championships, is he not going to be one of the great coaches, at least in today's modern NFL, because unfortunately Josh Allen's his quarterback? I mean, it takes you know? so much to win. You need it, it all, right? I still like, don't think he's the greatest coach, though. I, I will say, I don't think Bill Belichick's the best coach. I agree. I, sell, sell let's Capaccio go tiers. One let's do tiers. There's, there, I think the greatest coach in Sal Capaccio is Joe Gibbs. Yeah. No, Think about it. Here, Dude, no. they took, come on. They took, he took three Redskins teams to the Super Bowl with three different cool. quarterbacks, and none of them were really elite quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, does it get more impressive than that? I guess. I mean, <laughs> again, errors of football matter to me. Like, I have a hard time going back to certain errors of football and like looking at stats and saying, okay, yeah, those people are better than people are doing it in modern times. Like, I have this conversation all the time on Twitter with people. When I look at this Bills roster, people want to make comparisons to those 90 Super Bowl teams. And like I line up the players and across the board, I have way more talent in 2022 than I do in 1990. Like it's just not the same. There are different eras of football. The game is way more competitive. The rules have changed and all that matters. I think you have to take it into consideration. And so like that's cool. Joe Gibbs is one of the best for his era. And I think what he did was impressive, but I'm not putting them up. What about Bill Walsh? That was, that was an I, I think I heard, Walsh. I, could, I heard Walsh. I heard a lot of Bill why Walsh. Why don't we stop? This is the conversation I had with your boy Joe Buffalo wins. Let's stop this uh, Neanderthal exercise of putting people in order of rankings and making it a popularity contest. There's too much context and yeah. there's too much opinion and subjectivity in these ideas. So let's tear them up. It's Belichick, Lombardi, Knox, like whoever you want to put in there. And those are the top tier. There's that site that has that thing where you can tier generate. Like that's how we need to start talking about these all time lists and things like that, except for basketball where it's Michael Jordan at the top and then everyone else Mm -hmm. or maybe hockey where it's Gretzky. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like there's very few exceptions, but in most cases it's tiers. And I think if we have that conversation, it's Belichick is in that top tier and you can put whoever else. All right. So to sum it up, you could say Bill Belichick's the greatest coach. You could say he's a top five, 10, top seven coach if, if you want to. But sure. bottom line is this. He, he's an all-time great coach. Yes. And he's not, he's not just a, a beneficiary uh, of having the greatest quarterback in the history of football. He's done a lot on his own. Right. He's, he's, just, yeah. he's a good coach. He's a great coach. Yeah. All right. So there you go, LD. You won that argument. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I'm going to play this clip for there you uh, go. For my guys at work. Anyway, let's take a real quick break. Come back on the other side and we'll get to uh, some Buffalo Bills talk. Got a couple news items going on this week, but also I put up a tweet about a specific running back that probably did not go over very well with fans. So be right back. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts. If you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most, if you're going with the favorites, Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which, by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. 
OddsTrader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all of your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, OddsTrader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back. Casual Friday, Aaron Quinn, cover one. A uh, couple news items uh, coming off the buy. There was a lot of hope and expectation, not an expectation, but certainly hope that, that Trey White would be making his season debut. That's certainly what a lot of people thought maybe a couple weeks ago when they opened up the window. That was um, my prediction all along. Was yeah, m- my, mine as well. Green Bay game. Mine as well. Well, we found out on Wednesday that Trey will not be playing uh, Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. He's still working his way back from the knee. I don't know what you think. I'm not worried about it yeah. whatsoever. Like, what's your take on this? Does this worry you a little bit coming off no. the bye? Because now you're talking about what? This is his third week of being able to practice, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's your thought? I'm just like, he'll, he'll be ready when he's ready. And Sean McDermott said that, by the way, on Wednesday. Yeah, Sean McDermott said a couple things. First, he said Trey wanted to be out there all summer and was petitioning to be out there. And the Bills wanted to be conservative with this, which I think is the absolutely right approach. Sure. Um, we will get to talk next week before I think he's obviously activated. That window closes Wednesday, they said. So I'm expecting a Monday or Tuesday thing. There's no rush to do this for the game. If they knew going into this week that their timeline was to get him out of the no contact jersey and give him a full week of preparation without that, then they knew they were going down to the wire with this. And there's no rush to do that ahead of a game week and make it a distraction and make the press conference all about that. So deal with this after the game. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do with him. But I want fans, and I said this on our podcast on Wednesday night, people need to pump the brakes a little bit on what the expectations for Trey White are coming back from this injury because it's not even a year removed from a major knee injury. And while guys are coming back from injuries like we've never seen before and sports medicine's better than it's ever been and rehab's fantastic and the Bills are probably at the top of the league in terms of uh, technology and what they're doing in that, that field, this could take a full year before we get all pro Trey white back and right. Some trays better than no tray at all. So I'm with it and I want to get him back, but let's be cautious with this. I'm totally fine with this. I won't even feel bad if he's activated next week and is on uh, when it comes to the, the next game that he's game day act inactive for a week where it's just slowly working him in through the practice, getting him used to the game day routine again, working him in. This is the bills have a lot of season left. They're, I'm planning on 20 games this year, and I think they are too. And so I don't need prime Trey really until Christmas heading into the playoffs January. And so I want them to be cautious. And real quick, I want to give hats off to this coaching staff, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, John Butler, what they've been able to do in patchwork as Trey's been out with Dane Jackson, Levi Wallace, rookies and Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, uh, Taron Johnson taking huge, massive leaps over this uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. Coaching can't uh, go unnoticed. And I think as Trey White comes back, we really need to hand out flowers to everybody who was able to patchwork this together. Not only patchwork, it's not like the Bills dropped down to an average defense when they lost an all-pro cornerback. They maintained being a top 
level passing defense this whole time without Trey White. So hats off to that coaching staff. They were literally the number one defense in the NFL last year, and they fell apart in Kansas City in the playoffs, of course. Yeah. And so far this year, they're the number one defense. They're the back in the to NFL. being the number one. Without without Trey White, you know, there's a lot of strengths on this coaching staff, and sometimes it's easy to highlight, you know, some of the the, the criticisms. But for sure, this when it comes to how Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, the, the way the secondary's been coached, it is borderline unbelievable. Because I mean, yeah. you're not even talking Trey White. They also lose Micah Hyde. We lost Micah Hyde, too. and so, not that it won't rear its head at some point this season. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to be really cautious. Sure. But- Hamlin has looked very good. Jaquan Johnson did not look great. Hamlin has looked really good, and that's incredible that at least the floor didn't bottom out when you lose a Micah Hyde. Like most teams, that's it. Like that's a a leak you can't fix in the season. So you could easily see a scenario. He's obviously, he's not playing this week. Next week they play the Jets. Let's just say to kind of compromise, you said you'd be fine if he's inactive. I'd be fine if he was inactive too. But let's just say he is active. Don't mean he's going to go out there, start and play 100% of the snaps. He might play, uh, you know, he might alternate some series with Elam or, or Benford. He might, work his way into more playing time. He might yeah. not go out there and, and, like I said, play 90% of the of the snaps. I'm kind of good with that as well because, like you said, it's still a long season. There's still a lot of football left in the regular season, never mind the playoffs right now. So yeah. get him right for the last four to five games uh, sure. of the regular season. You know what I mean? When you're really making that final push, hopefully to lock down that number one seed and get <clears> that, that week off. I do think they're going to be – conservative with this as much as they can be and they have the benefit of depth at that position and they're comfortable in a rotation we know that they've done that before and so i agree when they bring them on i can see scenario where it's hey game day inactive against the jets slowly bringing what's it the vikings after that or yeah uh, vikings after that slowly rotating him in in this mix and then kind of ramping that up as the the weeks go on until he's finally able to come in and you feel good. The Bills are a load management team. They don't take it to the level the NBA does. They're not going to straight up rest guys, but they're very aware of how much work guys are putting in in practice and in games. And that is when they added the analytics guys this year, People thought that that was like a more football analytics. That was health analytics. That was measuring the data of guys coming in and out of practice, what their workload is. And we've heard snippets of how they're doing with that on different podcasts. And it's absolutely interesting. I think it plays a role in how they're going to bring Trey back. Elam having interceptions back-to-back games certainly doesn't hurt your, your, uh, you know, your desire to kind of not rush him back as well. Not And plus, Bedford is, is getting healthier too now. He's, yeah, and Dane Jackson better. doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do in terms of, you know, you've heard me talk about that floor a lot, and he is the Levi Wallace of maintaining that floor for you. A couple of years ago, you kind of won me over with Levi Wallace, and, and you would say that a lot when he was a Buffalo Bill. You'd be like, if that's your floor, that's a good floor to have. Ditto yeah. with Dane Jackson. You know, if that's your floor for CB2, it's a good floor to have. Um, other news, smaller news, but Jake Kumaro is practicing this week. That is good news. Good special teams player. Plus, he was starting to do some things on offense before he got hurt. Uh, the Bills, relatively, minus Jameson Crowder, are, are looking healthy now at wide receiver, which, again, you know, it's still a little bit too early to talk about Adele Beckham Jr., but I'm still not quite by that. Uh, Spencer Brown is not practicing, but... It was called day-to-day, so that's good. So it doesn't look like it was a long-term injury, what happened to Spencer Brown. No Taiwan Jones either at practice, at least on Wednesday anyway. Um, Let's spend a couple minutes talking about because I still think if there's one thing about this football team right now that I'm not even saying that I don't trust, I think the Bills organization, and this is just my opinion, that I think the Bills organization might not trust. It's running back after... Devin Singletary. So let's circle back to uh, the Kansas City game before the bye. The Bills make Zach Moss inactive. And then or what I remember a lot of people, and I thought this too. I'm like, all right, well, this is, here, it comes, here it comes. Here's the James Cook week. You know, well, they ran Singletary. I think Singletary played like, what, 80-something percent of the snaps? Right. Something like that. I, I feel like this team, as it gets later into November and into December, I, I I like James Cook long-term. I don't think Sean McDermott wants to see much out of James Cook as a rookie this year. For that reason, coupled with Zach Boss, just has not been what we hoped he would be. I see a scenario where, and every year, that's, look, football, I mean, there are a couple trades now here and there, mm-hmm. but every year football is all talk at the trade deadlines. Like, oh, there's a million guys. It's more and more every year. I think it's becoming right. more common. It's, it's sure. starting yes. to, but... 
I never actually think, I never feel like the Bills are going to make a deadline day trade. But we just saw a trade this week. We saw Robert we, Quinn move for yeah, a fourth. Yeah, trade too. Yeah. It's kind of getting into my point here. I think that this is the year. I do think the Bills are going to make a trade. I do think it's going to be for a running back. Now, I know Odell Beckham Jr. is the talk that he's going to be the big addition to this offense. I think the Bills are going to trade for a running back. I tweeted this on Wednesday. I want to get your reaction from this. And this is word for word what I said. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually predicted a Bills trade in several years. But trading with Cleveland for Kareem Hunt just makes so much sense on several levels. Most Bills fans did not like that at all. Obviously, because of off-field stuff. And what happened, I think it was, what, 2017, 2018, when, when mm-hmm. that shit happened with Kareem Hunt. I'm not condoning it. It's just, I trust this organization. If they were to do their homework and say this guy could help us, and we feel confident that he could fit into this locker room, I don't think what happened in the past would prevent the Bills from making the trade. That's what I'm saying. Off the field stuff, bringing him into your culture, because we're hearing a lot about that. People who hate Kareem Hunt, the culture, the locker room, stuff like that. Feel confident in the Bills' leadership if they were to do something like that. Anyway, on yeah. the field, dude, find me a, find me a better fit out there than, than what Kareem Hunt could bring to this team. He's To me, he's Devin Singletary and better. That's worst case. Or, or even if you said best case. Worst case, he is a hell of a lot better than James Cook is right now. Yeah. Maybe not in a year or two, but right now. Kareem Hunt is going to be an unrestricted free agent after the season, so you're literally getting him a rental player, and that's what I think you want. The Browns are 2-5. and five. They ain't going nowhere. Um Kareem Hunt already requested a trade in the off or in the like spring. Yep. Uh, I think. Um, what do you think to, about that whole yeah. concept? I'm trade trying to think Kareem I had Hunt. a, so this is one I've actually, I, I, I'm on TikTok if you didn't know. And I almost made a TikTok about it. Cause I put out a poll early in the week and I don't even know if I could pull it up right now, but I had a poll out about basically like, how would you feel if the bills did make that move and trade it for Kareem hunt? And it was overwhelming, unpopular, unpopular. Um, and I had thousands of votes, 5,000, 6,000 votes or something like that on this poll. And it was overwhelming. And I also put a witty like, uh, option for people to, Hey, just shut the F up and leave us alone. And a lot of people picked that too. So I chalked that also up as a no, no, people really, care or didn't care they would say yes um this one's super tough for me pat i don't know how to frame what it is i want to say about kareem hunt because it is a sensitive subject it is i don't downplay it i don't want to downplay like domestic violence right uh men should not lay their hands on women like there isn't scenarios where that is okay but i do also believe in rehabilitation i do also believe in in those things i've made it a point in my personal life to help people in those, those different ways in my own life. Um, so I, I would be a hypocrite to say like I, people can never change. Um, Joe Mixon is in the league. He just played in the Super Bowl. There's a video of Joe Mixon out there, literally cold cocking a girl in a uh, restaurant, just laser out on the floor. He had no repercussions from that. I remember during that draft of people just being like, you can't touch this guy. And now time has passed. And I'm not saying what his actions were were okay, but time has passed and he has had no incidents. He is, uh, by all accounts, been an upstanding citizen. People are saying the same thing about Kareem Hunt, that since he's been in Cleveland, he's done everything right. He's been in the community. He's taken the NFL requested courses on violence and things like that. I know he had a drunk driving incident. Like A lot of these players are flawed. And if you look through the Bills roster, there's a lot of flawed dudes within this roster. Uh, people bring up culture that it's not a culture fit. That's one I don't believe. Uh, Brandon Bean talked about this early on, and when he was brought in, that it's not about culture is not about choir boys, and it's not about guys that don't have blemishes in their past. They, I think the Bills are willing to take that on if they believe that the person has changed. Like I, I think if they believe Cream Hunt is the guy that was in that incident in that video, and that is who he is, I don't think they'll bring him in this locker room. If they believe that that was an incident that was out of character and not who he is or that he has rehabilitated and changed and they believe he can help this team get to the Super Bowl, then I believe they'll absolutely bring him in and deal with the ramifications of that later. And I do think if they win a Super Bowl, the people that care aren't going to care as much. We've seen people talk about boycotting the NFL and talk about how they feel about the NFL and ultimately people come around to watch. And my one last point on this, I would urge all fans to be very careful about getting morally outraged when it comes to sports, because I'm pretty sure when it comes to moral outrage that I can find a hypocrisy 
for you in your moral mm-hmm. outrage, whether it's the stuff that you do every single mm-hmm. day that has things that should be morally outrage attached to it, or even just Bills fans who root for the Bills and love the 90s Bills that are behind me on the wall. If you love those 90s Bills, but then are going to say you don't want guys that represent a bad culture because of some things they did off the field, I got real bad news for you about the guys on the 90s Bills team. So yeah. be careful about moral outrage. Be happy there was not Twitter in, yes. in social media in the 90s. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. A lot of these people are flawed, including ourselves. Yes. I I get it. Again, it is a tough line to balance because it almost sounds like by saying, I want Kareem on, you're almost saying, oh, okay, no, whatever. He hit a girl. It's way more. It's, it's not that. I know. No. And I there's like, nuance. And, yeah, man. It's more than this conversation. It's a hard conversation to have. <sighs> I do uh, ultimately think because of that, and maybe because of the Ariza situation, I the Bills might just stay away. They are good enough. There is no need for additional distraction. Good point about Ariza. I agree. I think that can absolutely be a factor on why specifically they don't trade for Kareem Hunt. Don't I don't it. agree with you, though, where you say they're they're good enough. Because I think if something happens to Devin Singletary, I think this team could be in trouble come December. If you they're relying on James Cook and Zach Boss, I don't think this team, forget about what you and I think, I don't think this team has a lot of faith in James sure. Cook right now. So go get yourself a veteran running back. If it's going to cost you a fifth rounder or less, maybe a sixth that could turn into a fifth or a if, fifth that could turn into a fourth, let's uh let's throw out a couple names. Let's say I'm, I'm let's, cool. Well, ahead. here before we do that, Pat, because I, I am cool with adding a name. I I agree with you that there's a weak link on this offense, and that's the one. It's running back. I like some of these names out here. I, I do like some of the guys you can add. I'm not just trying to add Kareem Hunt to the scene. Here's my thing, man. Run blocking ain't good. And if you don't fix that, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's James Cook, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. It's not going to be productive. It's not going to be efficient. This is a Buffalo Bills team that, unfortunately, however your philosophy of football is, they are going to live and die when the ball is in Josh Allen's hands. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. so the run game, yeah, like I don't think I, st- I stand by my statement that they're good enough. Like even with nothing behind Devin Singletary, this is a pass first, pass often pass always team like the data just shows that that is how they're gonna live and die is is in the arms of josh allen so Singletary's, i want more but it's not a need singletary is good enough to me that i think other teams at least have to have respect for him i don't think any team has any fear or any what, respect for yeah. zach moss whatsoever i, just I don't, don't think don't. anyone's respecting this bills run game with dude when you look at we had ben baldwin on our show and you look at the bills run game it is they are the fourth worst blocking team and like Singletary is the only running back that even has the amount of rushes to qualify for these statistics. And he's one of the worst running backs in the league in terms of EPA too. Like even as good as he can be, like it's just not a strength of this team. And I don't care. I, even if you threw Saquon Barkley in here, I don't think it becomes one. Oh, I, I agree with you when it comes to that. I just want somebody adequate and capable that if something sure. were to happen to Devin Singletary, that you have a better option. I've been told this James Cook. So I want to see, let's see. Let let me throw a couple names at you that are not Kareem Hunt, because again, a lot of people might want to automatically dismiss Kareem Hunt and you have a point and maybe the bills do as well. So I'm going to throw a couple other names out there. Sure. David Montgomery for the bears. He's a pending free agent. Um, Devin Singletary 2.0 to me. Just add in Devin. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Devin Singletary. Okay. I'm good with Devin Singletary 2.0. I think he's a pretty good player. I think the bears stink. Um, again, they're not going anywhere. Uh, Khalil, Khalil Herbert. Bears could be in the hunt, dude, in that yeah, NFC. But he's not they, even the best running back on the team right now. You know what I mean? Oh, now yeah. they got Herbert. He but looks again, but really they'll be good. in the same position the Bills are. Yeah. Could be. That's a guy. This is why trades, is why trades don't happen. Uh, a popular name that I'm hearing a lot about is, it's <laughs> but I agree. Josh Jacobs, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to cost a lot of money. That's or a, a lot con. of asset. He ain't going to come cheap. He's not going to be no seventh round pick. You know what I mean? Even if he's just a rental. Uh, and that would Raider. be one I wouldn't want to be a rental. Like he's a, he's a player I like probably the most. I'm just scared of what it would cost. I think the Raiders, the reason why I could, well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't see this trade happening, but one of them is I, I think the Raiders, even though they only got, I think, like two wins right now, I think the Raiders might not think that they're out of it. You know, I think they still might think that there's They have some talent, too. Yeah, they got some talent. Sure. But anyway, Josh Jacobs, the name that's floating out there, I, I like Montgomery better because I think it would be a lot cheaper. Sure. Um, Antonio Gibson's a good name. I think maybe what happened with McKissick and the Washington organization off the offseason, that might I be I don't know that Dean wants to deal with them. You're right. The way he talked about it. <clears throat> 
Well, here's what I like about Gibson. He's still on a rookie deal, yeah. and he, he would be signed actually through next year. Sure. Don't forget, Singletary's going to be a, a free agent after this year. Yeah. Um, he's a great player. I like him. <laughs> Con, excuse I, me, I'm coughing here. I, yeah, I no, think the Bills good. only want to rental, though. I, I think that's re- maybe a reason why they don't trade for Gibson. I, I, I don't think the cost would be exuberant. Washington's got three running backs. <laughs> you know, it's J, J.D. McKissick's not going to be a guy that the Bills are trading for. So Right. Uh, my Here's my thing. If you're not getting uh, a real strong upgrade to Cook, I don't want to prevent his development. I would rather just bring. What is he developing though? Bring up Duke Johnson. You got Duke Johnson on the practice squad. I like Duke. Like, is, I'm looking but, at uh, some of the names that are getting floated around. Like I would prefer Josh Jacobs, for sure. What about Melvin Gordon? No. Bring up Duke Johnson, <laughs> right? Like, I agree. I, Melvin Gordon's. I don't trust him to not fumble the football. Man, he's yeah. really falling out of favor. And you would think, you would think with Williams out for the year that this could have been a really big year for Gordon and Denver, and it obviously right. is not. They got Boone. They went out. They traded for her. They signed out Tavius Murray. Mm-hmm. So they do not trust Gordon. They trust Gordon about as much as the Bills trust Zach Moss right now. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if the Ravens would want to do the Bills any favors, but they're pretty deep in running back. Mike Davis has kind of fallen off that depth chart. I like him in Atlanta. That would be more of something I would like in terms of like a different mm-hmm. feel in the back. Is he kind of like what's it? Maybe they want Zach Moss to be somebody maybe. like Mike but Davis. Again, I don't even know that it's a Zach Moss problem as much as it is a, a still a run blocking problem. Like mm. I don't love Zach Moss. He feels like he stalls the offense out. And I'm ready to not see him anymore, but I don't know that bringing in Mike Davis with a run blocking that isn't working is any better. I think his most success has come when he has good blocking in front of him. Like that is just what it's going to be for any running back we're talking about in this kind of mix of, unless it's a, I think Josh Jacobs can overcome some bad blocking. He's probably one, the only one. One other team, uh, the 49ers. Maybe they try and get something back for, because they, what, they gave up for McCaffrey. Maybe they try to trade right. Jeff Wilson. Which I do like Jeff Wilson. They also got Tevin Coleman. Sure. Um, maybe I could see the 49ers doing something. We can do some of the stuff they do, but I, I think those schemes are one of those things where you take the back out of the scheme and it's just, it's like when we had Burita last year, like the idea of the speed is cool, yeah. but then it just doesn't seem to work out as well. Not in San Francisco. Bottom line. And we'll find this out when we take next week. I could tell you're very skeptical that the bills are going to make any trades, especially for a running back. I'm reasonably confident that the bills are going to make a trade for a running back before next Tuesday. So we'll find out next we'll week. We'll see. I, mean, I think um, I'm not going to put anything past Brandon Bean. If he has an opportunity to make this team better, he's absolutely going to do it. I think that that is the position probably makes the most sense in terms of trade uh, that you would want to get a rental like this and that the free agent market for running back is going to be pretty substantial. And I could see teams just saying, hey, let's get something. Let's get a fourth, fifth. There was that rumor flowing around for Hunt for a fifth or for, for a fourth my guess is that value is less than an agent or somebody put that out there to try to drum up value Uh, here coming back kind of full circle to hunt those names you mentioned and some of the assets that are going to come along with that. I also do think because of the history of hunt and because he's already requested a trade and because the Browns are bad, I think there's more leverage to get that as a better deal than maybe some of the guys on the list or some of the guys that you talked about here. And so again, in a vacuum as a football player and in terms of maybe the potential value that might be too much for Brandon Bean to say no, right? Like if he can get it for like a late pick on a rental on a guy that fits your scheme that you've already tried to get, we do know Brandon Bean called in and tried to make a trade to get Kareem Hunt before, tried to get him in free agency, I think, before he went to Cleveland. We know he was in on him. If you've already been in on him and he can be had for a good deal, man, that's a hard one for Bean to then say no. Right, and if he was all in, or not all in, but if he was even already signed on off when he was already going to, you know, willing to sign him before he went to Cleveland, which, which is what, what after happened with Kansas city, if he was at least we heard ready to, that they were interested. Right? right. If there's any truth to that whatsoever, that I don't think his past would be any, uh, it would not stop the bills from making a trade. Yeah. Right. Now. I think uh, kind of wrap my thoughts on this is like trade deadlines, stuff like that. Um, I don't think they're going to make a trade. I, I, if I had a bet on it, um, but I think it's, maybe 60 40 or something like that um i think it's a big weekend for the running backs against the bad rush defense in green bay i think this would be the week to kind of put something on film to get something going and build some of that trust but i still think it's slot receiver over the next month obel beckham is lingering over this room over this team over the next month as he prepares to you know make his comeback 
it is really going to shake out. Isaiah McKenzie had a stronghold on the slot position this summer. Yeah, Crowder kind of took some snaps, but he's hurt. Shakir comes in while Isaiah McKenzie's hurt and performs well. Makes me want more. I'm drooling for a little bit more of a taste of Khalil Shakir. McKenzie comes back, makes some mistakes. Makes me want a little more Shakir. I see a wide open slot wide receiver competition playing out over the next month. And if it doesn't play out how the Bills want, they have insurance and Odell Beckham Jr. maybe being able to come in and just take that job and let that play out again over the next offseason. But that's the spot that I'm looking at the most is I think uh, running back is a weakness and is a problem and I want to address it. But I still think slot has some ability to have an upgrade, whether it is Shakir taking that role over or bringing in an OBJ. Offensive line depth could be something potentially that might be. I don't know. Where can you upgrade? address as well I, I don't know i mean i don't know specific players out there i, don't I, wouldn't, either, mind, yeah. I wouldn't mind getting myself an interior offensive alignment i would or, like to yeah or, or spencer brown's going to be a problem which it don't seem like he's going to be questionberry's been okay though he's been all right but you i know. still if spencer brown if spencer brown was going to be a, sure. a longer term injury i, I wouldn't mind in that but again um, just, no, those ones are hard to me because like who's sure. going to give up their offensive line depth mid-season Shitty teams that want really bad teams. Yeah. yeah that, that's obviously you, you pick yeah. from the, you know, from the sellers at, at the trade deadline. Sure. Uh, real quick, Bills yeah. Packers, not really sure. much to talk about it. You guys talked about that on the cover one podcast already. But to your point, when you were talking about this being a good week, I am looking forward to seeing if this is a week coming off a of bye where you do start to see maybe Shakir starts to wrestle even more snaps away from McKenzie in the slot. And we, we just spent a lot of time talking about running back. I want to see if there's a game where James Cook might get off this could be a good game to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to see him do something on Sunday. I'd like to see him get eight to nine carries and see what he could do against the Green Bay Packers. And maybe he looks really good. And maybe I feel like I'm an idiot right now for spending so much time saying the Bills are going to trade for a running back because I see Cook go out there and do something. But these two rookies, I'd like to see them more involved in the offense right now. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a good opportunity to do it. You've come out of a gauntlet. Uh, where I thought they could be three and three after that first six weeks. And now you're playing the Packers. So I thought this game may look a little harder than it does going into it here. And who knows, maybe the Packers get right in some areas. I think they got a lot of guys on defense, but you look at this rush defense and they're giving up a ton. They really mm-hmm. are. And that back five uh, in their defensive back is probably the best the bills are facing so far this year. And so I think they'll test it at times, but I do think there's an opportunity to really lean into a run game and try to get it started. And, I know some people don't believe in things like momentum and and things like that, but I do believe that I've seen historically where teams get something going at some point in the season. And that sort of builds on itself. The confidence starts to roll and you can get the run game going. We saw it years ago uh, that Sony Michelle new England Patriots team, when they went on a run to the super bowl that year, that run game was trash up until December. And then it just started to click and they, they rotated those running backs in a way that was just making sense and nobody could stop them on the ground throughout that playoff push. And really, so that's where I'm at is you have about, well, if you're not going to make a trade here soon, you really have like a month to start figuring out how you're going to get this thing to work. Uh, And, and this week would be a good opportunity with how bad this run defense has presented itself so far. I think even though Aaron Rodgers is a back-to-back reigning MVP, I think you're going to see a game Sunday where the Green Bay Packers, their game plan is going to be, they're going to try to run a lot. I think you're going to see Aaron Aaron, uh, Jones and Dylan run the football a lot, try to slow the game down, which is kind of funny when you got a quarterback who's back-to-back MVP, but when you're playing the Buffalo Bills, you kind of want to slow the game down. Yeah, the Uh, way Rodgers has been taking hits, I agree. I would not want the ball in his hand too long against this Bills defense. Um, Quick stat. I I shared this with Joe. I'm going to share this with you, too. I don't know if you saw this or not. It was from Sports Radar on Twitter. Josh Allen can beat Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers all in October. He can become the first quarterback since Troy Aikman in 96 to beat three MVPs in a four-game span. Aikman beat Marino, Young, and Favre. I just thought that was – Really cool. Anyway, we'll talk about the game next week. And, and if there is any trades, we'll be talking about that because the trade deadline is the next Tuesday. Uh, let's wrap with our medal stand. This is what we're doing every week now. Basically, we're taking one or two topics, not usually sports topics, just like kind of mix it up a little bit here on Casual Friday. We're putting three people on the medal stand. So you get a bronze, you get a silver, and you get a gold. And there'll be a couple categories. Um, the first one, and you're going to go first here, put streaming outlets on the metal stand streaming outlets, pretty self-explanatory, right? So streaming services. Um, so YouTube TV probably wouldn't count necessarily as a streaming service, right? Cause that's like my cable. So, um, I really did it based on my usage 
in my house, mm-hmm. I think. And so Disney Plus gets the bronze for us, uh, mostly because okay. my kids, my kids watch a lot of the Disney Plus. Um, but there's some good content on there for adults, too. I went through the whole Marvel series right after the season. Sure. Um, caught up on that. The Star Wars stuff, like obviously they just have a, a huge catalog of stuff you can watch. So that's good. Uh, Netflix comes in second again i think it's more just based on pure volume netflix just puts out so much stuff and again the kids use it so often excuse me um it's easy to use on your phones when traveling so that's probably the most user-friendly uh one and then hbo max takes the cake for me in terms of quality of content and how much they have okay um mine will be slightly different here two of my three are more because of like almost like their libraries, like on demand things that I can go and watch what I want. Um, my bronze is actually going to be ESPN plus not so much for, well, I do. You have to go to ESPN plus to watch at least some Sabre games. And anyway. I've never had ESPN plus. So I got to no? check it out. I like they, they, they have all the documentaries again, going back to the, it's kind of like a storage space. Any right. of the 30 old 30 thirties that you want to watch they're there on demand. Um, sure. The Derek Jeter documentary, that was awesome. Peyton Manning series is on. There's a lot. I've of heard stuff the Manning series is pretty cool. It is. It is really cool, man. He's a, he's a very entertaining guy. Yes. Um, my silver, I kind of got these flipped with you. My silver is going to be HBO Max for the same reasons you said. And again, so many great HBO series and docs are there. Always there on the production the value of HBO is different yeah. than everyone else. Did. Absolutely, man. Uh, and then for gold for me is Netflix. It's just because. <clears throat> It's never in rebuilding mode, man. It's always reloading. It's never rebuilding Netflix. You know what I mean? You go, if you go a week or two without no Netflix, chances are you're going to turn it on one day and you're going to find, I lo- I'm a big documentary guy. I'm a documentary and I'm a limited series guy. That's kind of what I've turned into now. And there's no shortage. There's never a shortage of those on there. I just watched this, uh, the playlist. It's a six-part series about Spotify. I just watch it over this past week. And I thought it was really interesting. My problem with Netflix versus HBO max. Well, one, I'm not super happy with the new HBO max uh, app. There's too much content and it's the way they present it. Like they have all the Looney Tunes, the Warner Brothers stuff. They, they took on a bunch of different companies and put them all under the HBO max um, app. And I really just want the HBO content there mostly. And it's sometimes it's hard to get into where the good traditional HBO content is. So I will say that, but in terms of, I think Netflix is absolutely volume model, right? Like they mm-hmm. just blast tons of content and 20% of it sticks and you like that. But there's way more content that that's a huge miss where I feel like HBO is more, they're not going to give you as much, but it's going to be a higher quality of what they give you. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, Monday's Halloween. So that's what will be our, uh, our second category here. Best Halloween yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one for me is pretty easy. Uh, I am going to go Kit Kats and bronze. Love a good Kit Kat. <laughs> uh, peanut M&M's, yellow bag, big peanut M&M's. Fan. It's a classic for me. I just love that flavor. And then Reese's is number one. And if you don't have Reese's number one, I don't even know. <laughs> if we could be friends in real life, it's like it is chocolate and peanut butter is the best, dude. It's the best well, mix. We're friends. We are friends in real life then okay. because, uh, by the way, I don't talk with Aaron about, I tell him what we're going to do, but I don't have any insight or, or clue to who he's, what he's going to pick and, and, and ditto. My bronze is also Kit Kat. Um, I wanted to say peppermint patty, by the way, but do they, do they even make those anymore? Like for sure. I'm sure they do. Do they still make Tootsie Rolls? Who, who's eating those? Ugh, I never liked Tootsie Rolls. Man. I know. But I love peppermint. Bags, and they still make the fruit tipsy rolls. Like not only are they still making regular tipsy rolls, they make the fruit flavored ones. Like, so Ooh. I'm sure they're still making peppermint patties. My, my silver though, I, I would have said regular M&Ms. I had a peanut just off the, to put that out there, but I actually like Milky Ways, man. I like the little Milky Way trial size or whatever you want to call them. Fun size. They're fine. The new um, I, I like those. And then I agree, man. How, how do you not have Reese's peanut? You, you're talking about peanut butter cups, right? Not yeah. Reese's pieces. No, yeah, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this casual Friday. Um, make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn 716 Both of us are – I'm losing my voice. Aaron was having a sneezing attack on camera. I think it's – I know. I started coughing. Was, my coffee went down the wrong throat at one point. You and Greg are going to be live after the Packers game on Sunday night late. That's it. All right, guys, make sure you check that out. Like I said, make sure you follow Aaron – Thanks, buddy. This was fun. And Always, uh, man. I'm looking forward to, I'm telling you, I think the Bills are going to make a trade before Tuesday, man. We'll see, I, We'll see. We'll see.
All right, guys, talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.